0: But hey, my name is Sam. Nice to meet you guys. There's a lot of you guys that I haven't met yet. Um, I saw a lot of new faces here today. And so welcome, man. I hope that you feel welcomed. Hope that you know that this is a place where we want you here. Uh, We have some friendly faces here that that I'm hoping are are letting you know. We love having you here. We love new people. We love our guests. You guys are our friends. And so on your way out today, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and grab uh, a can of soda, grab some candy, whatever you want. It's on us, all right, just to let you know that we are pumped that you're here. And so here's what we're going to do. For a few moments, this is our Bible. And so, again, if you're a guest with us, you want to bring your Bible. If you don't own a Bible, actually back here on the tables, grab one. You can write in it, to your name, Love Sam. It's our gift to you, all right? Um, If you want me to come up here and sign it, I won't do that. We don't sign Bibles. That would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? That would be weird if you went up to, like, a famous athlete and asked them to sign your Bible. I just feel like that's sacrilegious, right? Like, Kobe can sign my jersey, but not my Bible. No, you guys don't think about stuff like that? Yeah, me neither, me neither. So anyway, bring your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to open up our Bibles to the book of Luke. All right, so that's in the New Testament. Go ahead, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to be in chapter 15 as we continue our new sermon series called Lost and Found. How many of you have ever filled out a job application? Okay. Oh, wow. All right, most of you. Good, good, good. So you'll get this. How many of you filled out just any other kind of application for a scholarship? I don't know, for like student leadership? I mean, just any any kind of application you've ever filled out? Good, good, good. I remember I was 16. 16 years old, filling out my first ever job application. Oh, yes. About to make that paper. You know what I'm saying? Except I was applying to a daycare. I, I just... It, they were hiring, right? So I applied to a daycare. I go there, and, you know, I'm trying to do all, like, the good skills that they teach you in, like, job application class, right? So I'm, like, wearing a nice shirt. I got a crease in my pants. My mom's like, those are jeans. You're not supposed to crease them. I'm like, yes, I do. I have to crease my jeans. It's a job interview. So I go in there. all will pin straight. I got, like, my, my hair is curly. It doesn't straighten, but I, like, straightened it out. You know what I mean? I, like, combed it slightly to the side because you look a little bit more educated, apparently, if your hair is combed, and so I go in there, and I'm ready, man, and I'm ready, and, I'm, and I, and I rehearsed the words over and over, that I remember, hi, I'd like to have a job application, that's all I needed to do, hi, I'd like to have a job application, so I walk in there, I walk in there, and I'm like, I don't even remember what I said, to be honest, but I remember it was just like, wait, why are you here, kid, and like, eventually she figured out, her name was Ellen, she was the school teacher, she eventually figured out I wanted to apply for a job, so she gave me a job application, sits me in a little office there. And I sit down to start doing the application. And it's like, I feel like my heart is racing, right? It's like a test right now. I'm like, job application, the first one. I got this. Got my lucky pen, right? Didn't have a pocket protector. Maybe I should have. But I pulled my lucky pen. And I'm going, I'm going. First question. What's your name? Oh, I got this. All right. First name, check. Last name. Check. All right, got that. All right. How old are you? Your birthday. I'm filling this out. I'm like, dang, dude, I'm getting confidence with every question that passes. Name, address, oh yeah. And I started feeling really good about myself. That was the personal info. I turned the page and there's a question that I still do not understand. There's a question on the job application. You've probably run into this too. There's this question that I look at it and I sat at it for like a minute, bro. And I'm like, This is a trick question. I know it's a trick question. And the question is this. What words would other people use to describe you? How many of you guys have seen that question? Right? From hell. Right? That question is from the pit of hell. Because you go there and it's like, name, check out. And then it goes like this. What words would other people use to describe you? And I'm like, ask them. I don't know. Right? You're asking me what other people. And so I'm like, what words would other people describe me? And it's like, and then it gets tricky here though, because they don't leave it blank, right? No, they don't. Leave, you, you who don't even know what I'm talking about? They don't leave it blank. What do they do? They give you options. They give you like 30 words to choose from. Circle the one that other people would use to describe you. And I'm like, this is a trick question. Kind. I hope so. <laughs> kind. I'm like texting people. Would you say I'm kind? They're like, shut up, you weirdo. I'm like, all right, kind, uh, got to get, uh, uh, smart. Would other people use the word smart to describe? Get smart, right? Patient. I'm like, not for much longer, right? I'm like, why am I answering these questions about me? Who knows what other people think about me? What word do they use to describe you? I'm like, ask my mom. How many of you guys have seen those kind of questions, right? And so here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing as I think about that that application. I don't go around with an application going, hey, Evan, nice to meet you. You want to be friends? Yes. Can you please fill out this application? What words would you use to describe me on your first impression? We don't do that, right? If you do that, don't even raise your hand. I don't want to know, right? Your people next to you don't want to know because they're waiting for the application. But I don't walk around with a piece of paper going, Lila, what words would you use to describe me? Energetic. Thanks, Lila. I should have put that one, right? like it's like and then it gets like really tricky cuz it's like annoying hard to deal with and I'm like why would I admit this on a job application you know what I mean I'm like but if I circle all the good ones then they're going to think I'm arrogant and cocky and so I landed the application I got the job I once maybe this is an illustration for another sermon but I actually duct taped a 4-year-old to the floor didn't work at the daycare for much longer. True story. Some of you guys know that story, but we'll get there another day, right? But anyway, I, I I thought about that question. We don't go around asking people straight up off the jump after meeting them, what words would you use to describe me? Do you guys do that? Do we hand out pieces of paper that say, hey, please rate me? I guess we actually kind of do that on Instagram these days, right? Don't do that. I see your guys Instagram's account. You're better than that, all right? No rate me, send a pic, whatever, right? But anyway, We don't hand out applications that say, what words would you use to describe me? Or do we? Or do we? We don't walk around handing out applications, but I wonder how many of you, I wonder how many of us in this room do walk around with a very strong awareness of how other people view us. Do you guys ever struggle in school at work, with your friends, on your team, do you ever struggle with the thought, how does this look, what does this look like to other people? You guys ever have that thought? Have you guys ever been so suffocated with the idea that other people have a perception and a view of you that it almost like you you, you can't even breathe, where it's like, are other people going to think this looks cool? Is this, what do people think of me? What words would they use to describe me? How many of you are there? Man, I was addicted to that in school. The way I dressed, the way I talked, who I hung out with, all of it was formed because I was too aware. How do other people view me? Let's throw a twist in here, friends. What do other people think about you when you mess up? What do other people think about you, not just when you mess up in general, but when you mess up against them? How do your friends view view you When you hurt them, and you mess up, and you wrong them, and you sin against them, how do people view you? We all have a perception in our head of how other people view us. When we wrong them, it gets even worse, that picture. But here's the question I want to ask you guys tonight. In your mind, in your heart, in your head, the picture in your mind, how does God view you when you mess up? You guys ever think about that? There's there's parents, there are parents, there's friends, there's even people in this room that we think to ourselves, man, like, if my parents knew, I don't know what they would think about me. If my friends could read my thoughts, ah, I don't know if they'd be my friends. Man, if, if the people sitting next to me knew really what happened in my heart, I can't even imagine what their face would look like. And then there's the question, what about God? If God knew, which he does, if God knew what was going on in my heart, how would he view me? How would you guys answer that? That's what I want you to think about. How does God feel toward you when you guys mess up? Not just like, oh, I messed up on my test. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, when you really mess up, how does God view you? If you could see God's face, what face would he make when he looks at you right after you messed up? What would God's face look like in your mind? What would the tone of his voice be? That's the question I want us to answer. Just for a few moments here, I want us to answer the question, how does God view me when I mess up? How does God view me when I mess up? And we have a quick story here. I just want to share this with you for a few moments. Can I do that? few moments, three little verses here in Luke 15, and that I believe Jesus is showing you, he's showing me, this is what God looks like when you mess up. This is what God, how God views you. This is what his face looks like. This is what his tone is. God isn't looking at you. Well, I won't get there. Let's read the story. Can we do that? Do you guys want to hear the story of the lost coin and see how God views you when you mess up? Let's read it together. It should be on the screen, but check it out. Luke 15, starting in verse 8. <clears throat> what woman, having ten silver coins... If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents." All right, here we go. This is the lost coin. Last week we talked about the lost sheep. His name was Dave. We found him. I'm glad we found Dave. And now today I'm gonna show you the lost coin. All right, let's look at this again. What woman of you? So he's using an illustration. He goes, How many ladies in the house, if you find yourself in this situation, won't do this? And this is the situation. How many of you ladies, if you had 10 silver coins, If you lost one of them, how many of you would not light a lamp, sweep the house, and seek diligently until she finds it? So now here's our lady. What's her name? What's her name? Deborah. All right, so here's Debbie. Can we call her Debbie for short? Her friends call her Little Debbie, right? Uh, Not because she invented the snacks, but because she was little, right? It was ancient Israel. They were all quite little. And so here's Debbie, right? And so she has ten coins. How many of you guys collect coins? Any coin collectors? I used to collect, nobody collects coins anymore? You guys are like, I collect e-coins, bro, all right? I collect, like, pictures of coins. Dude, coin collecting used to be a thing. And so I used to collect coins, and so here's Debbie, right? Those of us who know her well call her Debbie, but Deborah to you, Miss Deborah. And so Miss Deb, righteous. So Miss Deb has 10 coins here, right? And so here she goes, she loses one. (laughs) She probably had one of those little, like, special books, right? She probably had one of those little, like, coin holders or something where, like, Lipinski, you collect things on Instagram, probably has one of those little, like, coin holders, and the coins fit perfectly in the circles, right? But one day she comes down from from her hay bed. I don't don't know what they did in ancient Israel. I wasn't there, right? Comes out from her little loft area, opens up her book, and she's going to stare at her coins like she does every day. And lo and behold, one is missing. Now, you and I, we're lazy. (laughs) Yeah, we are. you are like, y'all. I agree with that, preacher, amen. We're lazy. We look at it and we go, statistically speaking, I have 90% of my coins left. I'm only losing one. Ah, who cares, right? I still got nine, but no, 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 guys. These coins are valuable, right? It says it's a denarii, so this is like a paycheck, right? Like a 10 days worth of wage. So she lost one of her paychecks here, and a coin. She opens up the book, and she lost a valuable one, and instead of just going, whatever, I got nine more, Right? Nine out of ten ain't bad, right? Close enough. It says that she begins to look, and so now, if I were to drop a coin right here, all right, that was good. I know. You drop a coin, it's not too hard to spot, right? How many of you guys are confident that if I went like this with my eyes closed and dropped a quarter, you could come up here and find the quarter? How many of you think you could do it in like two minutes? Okay. How many of you think you can find it in like one minute? How many of you guys got that hawk eye and you could find it in fifteen seconds? Okay, okay, good. Well, here's the problem. You lose a coin. Debbie loses a coin. Guess what her floor looks like in her house? She got that hardwood floor, right? It's all nice and stuff, fine. She got that carpet, right? Is that what her floor looks like? She's got the plush rug that when you walk in it barefoot, it goes up between your toes, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I love the carpet. Is that only me? Never mind, never mind, never mind. She doesn't have that. What do her floors look like? Dirt. She has packed dirt. That doesn't feel very good. So what do they put on top of the dirt to make it feel a little bit more cushy, right? Sand, maybe? Hay. They go, honey, can you go iron the carpet again? I sucked it all up, right? They have straight up hay. So they put hay down. And then after they walk about it, they're stomping, right? And they got big feet in Israel. I don't know, maybe. And they're walking all over it, and the hay gets crushed. And then when they get, like, really thin and it's hard again, what do they do? Do they take out the hay and refinish it and rework it? What do they do with the hay? Put more hay. Dude, do you want to preach? You got this, man. They put more hay. And so now you got, like, a couple inches of padding of hay on the dirt floor. You drop the coin. What sound is it making? Is it making ding, 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 plonk, right? It's making this. This is all you hear. This is all you hear stink where did that go and so you lose she loses the coin here friends and it's not as simple as going follow the sound of the coin (laughs) there it is (laughs) right no she says oh snap I dropped a coin I got to get the broom out I got to start sweeping away the hay (laughs) And then she's still not finding it, right? And she's looking. She's like, I'm going to start getting on my hands and knees now. And so now I'm not going to do it. She's on her hands and knees. And she's starting to pick up little strands of hay. And she's like, ooh, that's where the cat went. <laughs> All of him, right? It's just <laughs> the dead cat. He was like, Mah! I didn't have a stand a chance, man. The hay it was crazy. He was allergic. Who knew, right? And so she's digging. And she's like, I still don't see it. All the hay is swept away. So now she has one of those, like, little spoons, right? Maybe one of those little, like, wooden things that you eat Italian ice with. And she's just like... You would think she's on a straight-up archaeological dig. And so she's digging. She's on her hands and her knees, covered in dirt. Her hair is not did. She's dirty. Her knees hurt. Her elbows are scraped up. And she is looking earnestly for the coin. Looking is hard work. This is more like if you were to lose a paperclip in your backyard. Right? Like, stand on your patio upstairs, stand on the roof, take a paper clip, throw it as hard as you can into the air, go downstairs into your backyard and try to find the paper clip. How many of you are now confident you can find that in 15 seconds? Where are the Hawkeyes at? Yeah, liar, right? But that's what it's like. Looking was hard work. So how long does she look? Look at the text. Forever, forever. Text is forever. How long? Until she finds it. This is a persistent search. She's on her hands and her knees. She's, she's, there's this eagerness. There, she's, she's fervent. She's not giving up. She's, cha- she's looking for her valuable coin nonstop until she finds it. And so here's the point. You're like, what does Debbie have to do with anything? All right, let me tell you what Debbie has to do. God is, Jesus is making a point here, and he says, you know you, you know how she looks for the coin? That's how God looks for those who are lost. I want you guys to close your eyes. I want you to picture Debbie. Close your eyes, everyone, close your eyes. I want you to picture Debbie in your mind on the floor, searching for a coin. Picture her. And Jesus says, You see that picture? That's how God looks for people that are lost. God is looking for those who are lost. That's the first point here, friends. That's why we're talking about Debbie up here. That's why we talked about Dave last week and Debbie today. And so next week's, spoiler alert, the lost son, all right, last week. So you can start thinking about some cool names. Uh, that start with a D, perhaps. But he points to Debbie, and he says, that's, what I, that's how I look for a person whom I've made. For those of you in this room who are lost, he goes, that's how I'm looking for you. You're valuable. She thought the coin was valuable. You're valuable because I made you. I'm not just collecting you. I made you. You're made in my image. And you're valuable. And so when one of you is lost, I seek after you eagerly to bring you back to where you're supposed to be. And so here you guys are. Messed up. Raise your hand if you're messed up. Thanks for being honest. I'm going to raise my hand. Dude, we're messed up. You're like, I actually haven't messed up in seven weeks. I'm doing pretty good. Dang it, I just messed up for my arrogance, right? We mess up all the time, guys. But when you mess up, when you find yourself lost, when you find yourself wandering away from God, here's my question. What do you think God is doing? When you mess up, what do you picture God is doing? What do you picture his face is like? What do you picture his tone is like? Because some of you in this room, you don't believe this. You don't believe the Debbie story. You don't believe that God is looking for those who are lost. If you're honest with yourself, some of you guys, you mess up and you look at God and you go, man, he's ticked at me. Some of you guys mess up and you picture God like this. (laughs) Stay away until you get your act together, right? Be honest. Do you guys ever picture God like that? You know better. And so when you mess up, you don't have this view of God, man, he's not seeking after me. He's moved on to other people. He loves her. He's spending time with him. Oh, look at his testimony. He loves those people. He's moved on until so I can get my act together and show him that I really deserve it. But what we learn from the story, friends, is that God's not sitting here fuming He's not giving you the cold shoulder until you get your act together. Jesus, the God's son, he is looking eagerly for those of us who are lost. When you mess up and you wander off and you find yourself in the mud, right, in the hay of life, God's not fuming. God's not sitting here disgusted. His face is not, oh, right? Right? His face is, he's on his hands and knees, so to speak, and he's searching for us to make sure that we can get back to where we need to be. And so, look around this room right now, guys. Citizens, look around the room. You see who's here? You know what else I see? Look around, look around. Look who you see, look who you see. You know who else I don't see? I don't see people that should be here. You guys have friends. You guys have siblings. You know people who are currently lost. All of you right now, you can think of one person that you know that they're not where they should be, that they're not living for God. You know in your mind that they know better, but right now they're not acting as if they know better. You can picture people like that in your mind. You know that they know the gospel. You know that Jesus has called them to live for him. Youth staffers, where are my youth staffers at? Guys, you know students. You've cried and sat and read with students, and you look around, and they're not here right now. We all know people like that. But here's a thought, friends. Here's a thought. Does the way that we treat them look like the way that Debbie treats her coin? Does the way that we treat the people who aren't in the room right now does it reflect perhaps the way that God treats people who are lost? And I think sometimes it doesn't. The people who should be in this room, what can you do to pursue them? Your friends, your brothers, your sisters, who you know should be sitting in these seats. You know that they should be living with and for God the way that they were designed to be lived. Does the way that you treat them, are you more of the, until you get your act together, I'm not talking to you, or are you pursuing them in love the way that God pursues us when we've lost our way? God is looking for those who are lost. And so I'm just curious. I wonder. I want you guys to ask this in your own hearts. What's your tendency? When you see people that aren't living the way that they're supposed to, is your tendency to move toward them in love and to seek them out, or is your tendency to go, ill? I don't hang out with people like that. Ew. Get your act together. You know better. Ew. You got baptized, bro. You know better than this. I'm not talking to you. Get it away from me. Sally, what are you doing? You, you, you're a church kid, whatever that means. You said you loved Jesus. We had the same small groups together. You were in my cabin. What are you doing now? I'm not talking to you until you be better. Does the way that you treat people who are lost reflect the way that God treats people who are lost? Because God is looking for you when you're lost. But that's not all. Look at the last verse here. Not only is he looking for you when you're lost, look how he responds when you're found, guys. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 9. This is Debbie, okay? Take two. Scene two. Action. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, quote, put this on your next birthday party invitation, okay? Rejoice with me, for I am turning 13. Happy birthday, Sarah Hodges, 13. Yeah, right? Right? Happy birthday. She sent an invitation. It says, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Again, I want you, we talked about this last week. I want you to open up your mailbox. You get an invitation, and it says, to Evan, birthday balloons. And you're like, nice, it's an invitation. You open it up, and it says, rejoice with me. Date, April 8th. Location, my house. Why? For I found my lost coin. (laughs) Some of you guys may do that. Some of you guys may send out invitations when you find something that was lost. You're like, dude, I cleaned my room. Celebrate with me, right? I won't go to that. But she's thrilled. She says, I found my lost coin. Verse 10, last verse here. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is a party scene here, right? So, number one, God is looking for those who are lost. And lastly, number two, God rejoices when the lost are found. Remember Debbie, you gotta look here, because some of you are making fun of her, and right you little Debbie through a coin party, right? Like, how lame. Where was she? Where was she for days looking for a coin? She was on, on the floor, muddied, knees dirty, elbows bloodied. She's ecstatic, she's thrilled, she's throwing a party. She doesn't care if you like her, she doesn't care if you think she's lame. Suck it up. Rejoice with me. I'm having a party for my coin, and I will name him Fred, and I will love him forever. That's what she's doing. She's throwing a party. And look what Jesus says. He goes, see how she's partying? See how she just straight up threw a block party for her lost coin? That much more is how God rejoices when the lost are found. Jesus says, that's what I'm like when a lost person Is found, and so as we end here, as we conclude, ask yourself this: What does it mean that a lost person is found? You're like, well, I kind of got lost once. I was on like fourth plane, and I had no idea where I was going. And so I pulled out Siri, and I was found. Jesus must have saved me. What does it mean, guy? Who knows? Like, what does that mean? A lost person becomes found. God throws a holy party with His angels. I want to know what music they're playing up there, right? Insert pun here about angels and music. I don't got it, all right? So they're throwing a party. What is it that makes God throw a party in heaven? What? What does it mean? A lost person is found. Nobody's lost anymore. We have GPS. What does that mean? Let me show you what it means. It's really simple. Someone who is lost simply means someone who is not living a life according to the design. Someone who is living their own way and instead of following the path that the creator made, they're doing their own thing. Someone who is lost is living life their way and unfortunately the Bible tells us living life your way always ends in destruction. You take any device, any invention, it could be a phone, it could be a jackhammer, If you don't follow the design of the designer, you're probably going to hurt yourself. And so that's what Jesus says. He goes, those who are lost are those living life away from the design. Those who are living life not the way that God designed it. And so what does it mean when someone is found? It's simply this. A lost person doing their own thing. Someone who is found is someone that Jesus has pursued and told them the good news That God is giving them a second chance, and they repent. Let me do that again. A lost person is this, living life your own way, and they become found when God pursues them through Jesus, tells them the good news, there's a second chance for you, even though you've messed up a lot, and they repent. It's simple, repent. Oh, there it is, okay. So why don't we all go out to the corner and hold up those big sandwich signs and say repent, right? Have you guys ever seen those? at a baseball game, and you got the guy standing up on the soapbox, and they're like, their beard is down to here, because you're like, they haven't shaved in a million years, because they thought Jesus was coming yesterday, and so still bathe, even though Jesus is coming soon, right, and so they're here, hold them signs, repent, and at this point, we don't even hear them anymore, we just walk by them, that's like normal, right, you got your billboards, you got your hot dog guy, and you have the weird repent guy with the beard, right, we hear this word repent, and, but here's what I want to do. I want to take it back. Because a lot of times we think repent is like this weird churchy word. Oh, repent. That's like doomsday. Repent is not a churchy word, kids. Repent is a biblical word. And you need to understand this. If you haven't heard anything I've said, remember this. And little Debbie. She's cool. all right. But remember this. Repentance Simply means this. It's a dude or a chick who's walking life their own way, and this is what it looks like to repent. All right, I got to stretch. I don't want to hurt myself here. Whew. Repentance 101. Here we go. They were walking their own way, but they stopped. They took an honest assessment. They, they honestly looked at where they were walking. They stopped. They turned around. And move toward God. Let me do that again, okay? Here we go. This is repentance. You're living life your own way, but you take an honest assessment. Where's my life going? You're living life your own way, and you look at yourself and you go, where does this lead me? Is this the way that God designed it? So you take an honest look, and then you stop. Then you turn around, you change your direction. And you start walking in a different direction. That's repentance. So Jesus says, God rejoices when someone who is lost is found. Meaning, when someone repents. When someone repents, guys, ah! When someone changes direction like this. When they've heard God calling them, you screwed up, and I still love you, and I will still take you back. And they hear that, "Eh," stop in their tracks, turn around, and they go, yes, yes. I want that. I've never seen love like that. And they start moving back toward God. That's repentance. And when someone does that, God rejoices. Pop quiz, you ready? Somebody in school is going to ask you, what do you think would be enough to make God party? It's simple. Repentance. Repentance. What do you think is something that would make God party? Repentance. I just gave you the answer. See how that worked here? Pop quiz, citizen style, right? What makes God party? Repentance. So here's what some of you guys are doing right now. I hear it. I'm reading your minds. I see it in you. Some of you guys are doing this. You look at the repentance guy over there and you go, Whew, "All right, I did that already. That's how I became a Christian." I remember, I was the guy. Josh, I remember you were the guy. You came over here, you turned around, you started walking this way and you got baptized to show everybody that you already did that. So, all right, I already Whew, I thought he was going to tell me something like harder. I already did the repentance thing. Okay. This is for all the other people in the room who've never repented. Jesus is telling those in the room who've never become a Christian to repent, right, Sam? Yeah, get him, Sam. Oh, man, he's getting him. Repentance, oh, friends, listen to me. Please listen to me. Students, this is a game changer. This will change your life, okay? Repentance is not simply what you do to become a Christian. This dance, this this move, Repentance is the, should be the habit of your soul. Repentance is what you do every day, all day, every day, okay? Repentance is not what you do to become a Christian. Repentance is what you do every single day because every single day we wander, don't we? Every single day we find ourselves making decisions and we look at ourselves and we go, how stupid can I be? I was just at youth group yesterday and I'm already messing up and then this is what we normally do. We go... I'm walking for God. I stumbled on my race. I got turned around and we go, man, I'm embarrassed. I should know better. Well, I'm already facing this way. I might as well run around until next Wednesday, right? No, what you need to do is right there. As soon as you catch yourself, you caught yourself sinning. You found it. Your friends called you out. Your mom called you out. Whatever it is, you caught yourself wandering. You caught yourself getting lost. What do you do? What do you do in that moment? And I'm here to tell you, friends, repentance must become the habit of your soul. What do you do every day? I pit on my socks. I eat breakfast. I repent. Boom. That's what you need. Repentance is not just to the start of our relationship with God. It's the way that we live our relationship with God. And so here's what some of you guys look like. You were running hardcore this way. God stopped you, turned you around, opened your eyes to the light, and you said, oh, my gosh, I want to live for Jesus. And some of you guys got in the tank. Some of you guys got baptized, and you're running, right? Let's go back to camp. You're running. You're like, yes, I'm for Jesus. You stumble, you get turned around, and you go, oh, I, I should have known better. I, and so what you do at this moment, right here, look at me where I'm standing. You guys can all think of times within the last week, you can all think of times, I bet, yesterday where you found yourself here facing the wrong way. And you have two responses. You can either act in fear or you can act in faith. And let me explain here as we wrap this up. Let me explain. Let me go back to the very first question I asked. How does God view you when you mess up? And so here's where that comes full circle, friends. If you're here and you've messed up, if you think that God's face is, Kayla, I can't believe you did it again. Pete, I can't believe you messed up. Joe, who who are you kidding? Taylor, you know better. Are you kidding me? If you think that God is looking at you like that, what are you going to do in this moment? If you believe that coming clean is going to result in God rejecting you, you're going to stay hiding. Right? Right? If you think that your mom is going to blow up at you, you're more likely to keep it a secret from her. If you think that God is going to be so ticked off, you're more likely to be in fear and keep it hidden. Fear says, put it up there, fear says, if I come clean, God will reject me. Some of you guys have sin that you're hiding in your life. Some of you guys have done this. You've turned around. Some of you guys have been running for a long time and you found yourself turned around, wandering, lost. Others of you guys are like, are you kidding me? I just got started. I'm getting baptized on Sunday and I'm already turned back around. No matter where you are, you're gonna get turned around. You're gonna be lost. You're gonna wander. But if you act in fear, if you believe that God will reject you, you'll never come clean. But if you act in faith, If you act in faith, this is what faith means. It simply says this. I believe in my heart that if I come clean, I believe in my heart that if I confess and and repent of my sin, that God will accept me. I believe, friends, I believe that when you come clean to God and tell him, no matter if it's your second time or your millionth time, today... That when you come clean before God and you turn around and you repent, that he doesn't simply go, fine, Haley, you can keep going. He rejoices. He literally throws a party because God rejoices when the lost are found. God rejoices, friends, when the lost are found. How does God view you when you mess up? Some of you guys are lost right now. Some of you guys are wandering. You wandered right out of your car into here on your path of wandering. How does God view you? Do you fear that he'll reject you or do you have faith that he will rejoice over you when you come clean? And so as the band comes up, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take some time today and I want us to respond like this. Those of you in this room who are currently backward, on your race, those of you in this room who have wandered off the path, I want you to ask yourself: Am I responding in faith or in fear? And Jesus has makes it so clear: He rejoices over you when you're found, when you repent. And so that's what I want us to do today. I want us to do the dance. We'll call it the Citizens Dance. We'll come up with a cool title, and it'll be right up there with the Quan and the Nay Nay and the Whip. All right, and it's just it's repent, right? You turn around and you walk. Repentance must become the habit of our soul. And so let's practice today. Let's practice turning around. Let's practice coming clean to the Lord. And so as we sing today, we're gonna have some extended time here, right? This is, for those of you who are new, when we respond, this is organized chaos, all right? There's no, who's watching me? What do I need to do? What do I, what? Let's respond. Do what you gotta do to make sure that you're right with God. And so some of you here, maybe just lock yourself in. You can go into a corner. You can sit down in your chair. You can kneel up front. Whatever you need to do, repent. Others of you, man, may, maybe you're like, man, I really got to talk to someone about this because this is just eating me away. There's youth staffers in here, man, and they'll, be move, they'll move out. They'll be around the room. If you need to come talk to one of us, Jordan's here. I see Courtney and Lakin. Kira's over here. Becca's over there. If you need to talk to someone and just, and just talk out loud and confess that way, that's what we're here for. And I promise you that nobody in this room, when they hear your sin, they're going to go, oh, you? Even you, of all people, you know better. Hey, listen, we're all messed up, right? Who's messed up? All right, so let's stop pretending. Let's handle what we got to do. Stand to your feet and let me pray. Father, thank you so much, God, that you rejoice when we repent. Thank you, God, that you rejoice when we are found because you seek us. So God, I pray that today, Lord, I pray that we would get it in our minds and in our hearts that repentance must become the habit of our soul. I pray that we would never be ashamed. I pray that we would never be fearful. We'd never be scared that you reject us. I pray that we would never be so ashamed that we keep it in the dark. Father, I pray for these students, Lord, these young men and women. I pray that they would learn tonight and for the rest of their lives that the only proper response to sin is to repent. And God, help them to know that when they do so, you're rejoicing in heaven, glad to have them back. We love you, Father. We thank you for your love and grace. And tonight we respond in Jesus' name. Amen.